Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Kentucky Church lockdown case is now before the Court of Appeals. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. You know, it seems like so many moons ago that we were defending these churches against the lockdown, including Maryville Baptist Church in Kentucky. I remember that very clearly. Yes. This was in 2020. And Easter, Easter was coming up. Right. I remember Dr. Jack Roberts, the pastor of Maryville Baptist Church, and that is in Kentucky, and he would not budge to the governor's so-called lockdown He orders. had been a pastor <laughs> at that time for many decades. Yep. Never missed a church service. And Kentucky, like other states, and this was led by a Democratic governor. They have a great, by the way, Republican attorney general there, mm -hmm. but a Democratic governor, Andy Bashir. And he issued a directive. Like father, like son there. Yeah, he <laughs> issued a directive saying that uh, he's going to come after these churches that are open on Easter. Easter Sunday. So Dr. Jack Roberts with Maryville Baptist Church, he opened the church on Easter Sunday. And he had a few people inside the church, but he also had speakers outside, and it was a parking lot church service. You know, it was interesting, too, because of the media, there were people that came from outside the area just to attend the church in support of what he was doing. Yeah, so he had this parking lot service where people would drive into the parking lot and stay in their vehicles. And so he had sent uh, state troopers to go there to this church. And when the people arrived and they parked with their windows up, these police officers at the direction of the governor went car by car by car, putting these notice of violation underneath their windshields, wipers. Uh, the people's windows were rolled up. It was ridiculous. Just ridiculous. The people's windows were rolled up. They're sitting in the car in right. the parking lot. But you go across the street and go to Home Depot, and there was no problem Within there. Within about, I think, a mile. In fact, we actually yeah. took photos, and we actually put it in our litigation. You could go there and, and get the, your potted plant. but They were, yeah, you could buy potted plants or a garden hose. You know, <laughs> real essential things, right? And I don't think there was social distancing in the store No, <laughs> and they were packed. The parking lots were packed. Right. In fact, everyone could have actually driven over to the Home Depot, for example, or one of the big box stores, parking lots, on Sunday, Easter, could have driven over there. They could have all parked side by side. Right. They could have jammed the parking lot. They could have turned on the radio. And they could have listened to the same pastor right. preaching on the radio while they're sitting in their car. But that kind of defeats the purpose, though. <laughs> but that would be okay. <laughs> I know. Because that but... <laughs> would be okay. But if they're now a mile away sitting in another parking lot that's much smaller with their windows rolled up, listening to the same pastor's voice coming over the loudspeakers, mm -hmm. that's not okay. So At the church. they gave them these notices of violation. The notices of violation said that they are in violation of their public health directive because churches, you know, they have to be closed. For sitting in the parking lot. <laughs> and so they now have to report to their local public health department 
They cannot leave the county without the permission of the public health department. They have to be in quarantine for 14 days, and anyone who's in the car had to be in quarantine for 14 days. Oh, they had to take their temperature and report that every day they to the county They had to report their temperature every day Just like to a the child. County. <laughs> and they couldn't use any public transportation or any ambulance unless they got prior permission, get this, from the county health department. They couldn't travel outside the county, not outside Kentucky, without prior approval. So what <laughs> happens if on a Saturday afternoon now you get ill and you need to call 911, have the ambulance come? Well, now you got this notice of violation. you you got to call the public health department. Well, you know what? They're closed on Saturday. Well, you have to wait till Monday when they open up. Well, it's a 911 emergency. Well, if you do that, you're violating the governor's directive. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So we filed a federal lawsuit. And on a Friday night, uh, this was just to get parking lot service in a church parking lot, mm -hmm. staying in your cars with your windows rolled up. And I think there were some other churches. They did the same thing, too, as well. Yeah. And so we ended up getting a preliminary injunction on uh, Friday night from the—we uh, we lost at the lower court. Hmm. Yeah, the lower court ruled against us. And we appealed that emergency to the Court of Appeals. We got a three to zero decision from the Federal Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. Friday night, they gave us the injunction. Parking lot service is okay. Then we came back the following week and uh, they gave a three to zero decision also on in-person services. So there's two decisions now. You can actually stay in your car and have a parking lot service, three to zero. And you can also go into the church, and you can also have your church service as well. Three to zero decision. So now we, we eventually go back down to the judge who, as a result of the Court of Appeals, he had to give us a preliminary injunction, which he did. But he had to, he had no choice. He's the one who denied us originally. So now we're back to this judge, and we say, Judge, we're the prevailing parties. We got these enduring relief under the preliminary injunction. We're now entitled to attorney's fees and cost. You know, we don't charge our clients, but if we win against the government on a constitutional violation case like this, we present our time and our expenses to the government, and the government has to pay. And we were working a lot of weekends during that time, by oh the way. Oh, my goodness, we worked weekends. <laughs> All these court decisions that come evenings. out Friday night, Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had so many of these that were coming out on Friday night, mm -hmm. Saturday night. Which was what we asked for. have to for. respond by Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And we asked for because we wanted the churches to be able to gather on Sunday. Yeah, and so... But this uh, same judge who denied us originally says, no, you're, you're not entitled to, you're not prevailing parties. So now we're up at the Court of Appeals, and uh, that is where we have recently filed our brief, um, arguing that the um, Maryville Baptist Church is a prevailing party. In fact, the Court of Appeals just recently issued a three-to-zero decision, and it's the same panel in our case, uh, regarding the same church and said that, in another case, mm -hmm. this was by people that were out of the area that actually traveled to the area to have worship service that day. At the same church. At the same church so that right? they could worship. And they filed their own lawsuit. They filed their own lawsuit. Uh, the uh, court says, gauged by these principles, uh, that they got enduring relief. The congregants prevailed. Uh, the federal courts enjoined the limitations on religious gatherings and interstate travel. Both injunctions changed the legal relationship between the congregants and Governor Bashir uh, because they stopped the governor from enforcing his orders and allowed the congregants to act in ways that they had been previously resisted. 
this is assuredly a material court-ordered change. So, you know, whatever uh, room the governor had to maneuver, he could not continue to do what he had done before uh, or prosecute the congregants for what they had already done. The preliminary injunction limited him in ways that he could not ignore. They also say it's unremarkable that the governor now wants to change and re, you know, repeal the mandate after he's been ordered to do so. Hmm. So, you know, it, he talks, the, the court is a good decision. Uh, we argued in our case that we also are prevailing parties. Um, while the church has been able to continue to worship, uh, we believe that the governor's actions should be held responsible and we're going to uh, continue to pursue uh, that case. We have two three to zero wins in that case. These were the first uh, court of appeals uh, injunctions in the nation, by the way, and it set the standard. In uh, this case, uh, Maryville Baptist Church was has been cited many, many times by other courts around the country uh, as an example of their injunctions that followed similar patterns mm -hmm. to our, our original win. Uh, amazing uh, decision, but we're, we're going to continue to push forward to make sure the governor's held accountable. Yeah. And I'd say this decision, the Roberts opinion, pretty much telegraphs, hopefully, that we will get the same in our Maryville case. Yes. You know, uh, the interesting thing is uh, I remember um, we reached out to an attorney that I know in Kentucky uh, to be our local counsel when we first litigated. And we said, it's the Maryville Baptist Church case. This was before we filed suit. Well, of course, he only read what he read in the media. And he goes, oh, no, I'll, I'll help you on anything, but not on that case. Hot potato. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Well, you know what? I wonder what he thinks now. Hmm. Because it was a precedent-setting case, first injunction in the country at the Court of Appeals, three to zero, unanimous decision. But that's the kind of problem that we encountered with people that would otherwise be on our own side. Right. That they didn't do their independent thinking. They succumbed to the propaganda in the media. And so many people have now realized a lot of this was a fraudulent approach to how you deal with a COVID-19 uh, virus. Right. Uh, and that you don't suspend constitutional rights of the First Amendment, as was done in so many cases. And we are just very pleased that uh, we led the way in this area. And we thank you for your prayers and your support. For more information, you can go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org.